Black to the garden. Mind your herbs like you mind your business Like to the garden like it's eating Can I get a witness? Going hard and now we eating about that health and fitness Health is wealth, work the land Producing natural riches Urban gardens in my hood with spaces limited Had came from ancestors Now we flipping near Irregardless of our set sides and differences We all eat and hunger is our common nemesis So we drilling on the ops with vegetable crops Raised beds of container gardens on rooftops North facing aluminum by sun rays, we eating good like Granny's house on Sundays. In the field with big steel, never tap out. The farmers market popping like a trap house. I'm on the path to liberation, get the maps out. Ain't no business like grow business, we cash out. Welcome to the Mind Your Herb Podcast. I'm your host, Big Steel, the Urban Gardener. Our co-host is Erica, plants from Gardener Uninfluence. Our other co-host is Tim Clemming from Cardinal City Cultivation. And our guest for the day is Herbert Brown from Browntown Farms. Mr. Brown, tell us something about yourself. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm Herb Brown from Browntown Farms, Warfield, Virginia. We in Southern Virginia and um, own a produce, vegetable and fruit farm here. And we retail and wholesale different varieties. Uh, goods and um, the the history of our farm kind of goes back to uh, 1908 when uh, my great great grandfather purchased a farm and historically the farm was wow. a tobacco. So um, over the years we kind of transitioned the farm uh, to vegetables and fruits. And, you know, we, we love what we do and love feeding the people. Let's go. That's super dope. You said your great great grandfather. Yeah, yeah. My my uh, my great great grandfather. His name was my great grandfather's name was uh, Sandy Brown, and his name was Collins Jackson, and they purchased uh, twelve hundred acres of land in nineteen oh eight. Wow! Uh, no, I'm saying they purchased three hundred and forty eight acres of land for twelve hundred dollars in nineteen oh eight. Man, because the taxes was fifty cent back. Fifty cent. Wow, fifty cent. <laughs> man, you can't even buy a Snickers ball if you can see no more. <laughs> can't even get <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. All right. So what generation farmer are you then with your great grandfather starting at? Uh, I'm a fifth generation farm farmer. Yep, I'm the fifth generation on the farm. So I'm I'm proud of that and Look forward to carrying it on. You know, it's, it's, it's very important to carry that legacy on. So that that's one of my purposes in life to, to keep going. Dope. Okay, so you said that you, you've come back to the farm. How long has it been? Has it operated the whole time? Or are you guys like renewing it and starting over at this moment? Yeah, we, we actually renewed. So the farm kind of was in operation. And the farm set idle for about, about 15 years and in 2006, my dad, um, he retired, and I went off to college uh, to Virginia State University called in 06. Um, from there, we, we kind of, you know, we started growing a little bit of produce and, uh, you know, for the community, for our family. And, you know, it was kind of costly to kind of keep things maintained, keeping the grass cut and growing this produce. So we started uh, wanting to jump into one thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah you kind of went out a little bit. Um 
But that's that's pretty that's pretty nice, man. Um, what what um like what crops are y'all growing at the moment? So right now, um, it's been an interesting year. It's, it's been a really warm winter, so um, we, we still are harvesting a few crops. Um, right now, we're pulling a little bit of kale. Uh, we got some beets growing that we're pulling. Um, a few collard greens left, and um, we just about finish up finish up with our jam for the year. So um, just we're doing a little bit of some right now. So we're looking forward to the spring. Again, it's been warm, so maybe uh, we'll see how the spring goes, and maybe we can get an early start this year. Mm. What are you guys planning on growing this coming spring? <clears throat> uh, so spring normally starts with us with um, harvesting strawberries, which we planted those mm. um, in late September, um, early October uh, last year. So um, we will try to bring everything in in the hoop houses early. So, again, we probably plant some more kale and all of the cooler season crops to kind of get an early jump so when strawberry season kicks off, we can have a little bit more variety of, of produce when, when we harvest those. So we'll have, like, kale and, and some of the other cold crops growing. Mm. Hey, y'all, y'all grow season a little bit. Like, y'all, do y'all have a long grow season? Like, it's because, you know, it gets, y'all get snow and all this. So, so how, how long is y'all grow season up there? Um, in a normal year, I mean, we'll kick off the spring and we'll grow – uh, different crops. We start spring crops, going to the summer crops, and the fall crops normally last. We normally like stop um, harvesting like collard greens and maybe like December. We normally like cut a few around Christmas time, and that's normally a wrap for us. But like I said, this year with, with the warm weather, things are going a little bit longer. Mm. So you guys don't grow collard greens, collards in the winter. No, 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 never. We never really grow them in the winter because kind of like the, the winter temperatures kind of like um, stall them or slow them down and kind of uh, degrade them a little bit. But it all it all depends on the temperatures. Um, normally it gets kind of cold, so around Christmas time, that'll be our final cutting. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. And you said you do strawberries, but do y'all take them to the market? Do you have vendors that you partner with? How do you move your produce? Uh, we move our produce through a variety of different ways. Um, with the strawberries, um, our retail sales on the farm has grown over the years because people um, kind of know, you know, when strawberry season comes, we're going to have them. So um, in the past, we did a lot more wholesale, but now the retail traffic has picked up and I'm not able to supply all of my wholesale customers. So um, strawberries, we'll, we'll, we'll sell them retail. I have some um, wholesale buyers, um, grocery store too and a couple of CSAs that we'll supply um, strawberries to. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Yeah, you've figured Thanks out ways. It. Have there been any challenges, you know, going into the selling aspect versus the growing? Yeah, yeah. I mean, for sure, I'll tell you a story about um, when we first started. Um, we first started, we said we're going to sell some collard greens, and we had the prettiest field. We planted on some new land right when we – uh, got the farm and rehabilitated everything. Um, we grew like an acre and prettiest crop we ever grew. And we couldn't sell them. You know, at that time, we talk in the mid 2000s. So, you know, 06, 07, where uh, people in the rural area, they didn't really see the significance of eating local or eating fresh. You know, they either already had a garden or know people who had gardens that were giving it to them or they were going to the grocery store. So we were faced with a problem that that I think many farmers are faced with in the beginning is that we couldn't sell them. And um, what we did, we, we went to uh, Virginia State University to their small farm outreach program, 
and went to workshops and classes on marketing. And um, from there, you know, we started implementing some of those ideas and um, started dibbling and dabbling into different um, marketing techniques and different marketing avenues. And from there, you know, we kind of like start putting the pieces of the puzzle together to get some wholesale buyers and learn how to target the retail customers as well. Oh, wow. That's, that's nice. Wow. So, like, well, in, in, I'm thinking, thinking Virginia. Ca- cannabis is legal in Virginia, right, for the, the cultivate, right? Unless I'm not mistaken. Is that Virginia? Yeah, okay. cannabis became legal um, on July 1st in 2021, 20, uh, um, you know, for possession. Now, commercial growing is not allowed right now, but oh. industrial hemp um, became um legal and to grow i think it was 2019 so we have a a few farmers uh you know had that have grown and, and still maybe growing a little bit of, of hemp so um we'll see kind of how how things progress in in that industry i think it'll be a a a a good outlook maybe for farmers if, if they open the doors for cultivation yeah have you i mean have you have you thought about getting into the growing growing the hemp the cultivating it on you just gonna wait to see what happens with everybody else so. yeah we grew hemp um in the beginning like when it first came out and, and what happened in our area uh the market got flooded um we had so many growers uh, growing hemp i think in 2019 we had over 270 acres grown in my county alone mm. so uh needless to say it, it was it was really heavy here and the price went down and then no one really had a market so um, you know, hemp is really like one of those things you have really have to find your market before you go invest in planting and trying to start that business. Mm. Wow. It's pretty similar to any other industry. You know, you want to find your market, find your niche, and then uh, build your clientele and everything. Most people overcomplicate it. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I totally yeah. agree. Yeah, I think marketing is key. Yeah. So with the so you do strawberries. Do you do? I know in that region, it seems like you guys are known for like sweet potatoes and a few other things. Um, do you have any cash crops, should I say, or are you more of like a permaculture kind of guard, a farmer? Um, I'll say you know strawberries is, is our main thing. Is it's what we kind of becoming to be known for. Um, we like to grow collard greens as well. That's that's a, a good crop around the holidays. Um, we also had our first harvest of blueberries last year, so that was a really good crop, and I, and I really like growing the blueberries because they have a little better shelf life than some of the other perishable fruits. Um, and in summertime, we do a little bit of uh, grape tomatoes. We, we wholesale grape tomatoes, and um, we grow a little bit of variety, you know, from spring to summer, of you know, summer and spring produce, you know, uh, tomatoes, onions, uh, potatoes, Cabbage, you know, we, we kind of grow a, a small amount of, of variety for retail, but when it comes to wholesale and the majority of the wholesale crops we grow, we just kind of stick to um, maybe like four crops a year. So that'll be strawberries, blueberries, uh, grape tomatoes, and collards. So I would say they'll, they'll be our four main crops. Gotcha. And do you partner with the CSAs with all of those or just specific ones this season? Yeah, yeah. Well, we have we have partnered with CSAs, um, different CSAs and other wholesale outlets with, with all of those crops. Yeah, um, 
strawberries definitely um blueberries like i said we had our first harvest last year so we, we were able to sell some of those wholesale um in college you know um we were able to move a few of those wholesale as well but we, we get a lot of retail traffic with collard greens especially right around thanksgiving makes sense mm-hmm. yeah. in your region are there a lot of black farmers no, no, not at all. Not really. I think in my county, we probably have 10 or less um, black farmers. Um, and, and I would say probably half of those are probably into cattle. So I say they're probably about five or less actually row crop farmers or, or, or uh, farmers who are actually growing, um, uh, you know, actual crop in the ground. So, yeah, it's not many. And the, and the age of the black farmer is increasing every year. And um, yeah. it's a it's the um, it's an interesting topic because uh, you know black farmers are becoming extinct. You know we need more yeah. people coming back to the land, and and speaking on that we we need um, to attract the younger people. But I feel um, that if we're going to attract the younger people, we have to create markets, and we have to give them a reason to come back to the land. And you know we we have to make it profitable. You know because you have to be profitable to stay in farming. I mean you know it's a very expensive um, thing to do. You know, you got to kind of make it worth it for the younger generation to get into it. Definitely. What, what would you say was the, the thing that kind of attracted you to the, uh, like, the farming and agricultural industry? Man, um, I say it's God, man, because I'll tell you my my story. Um, I was in high school, and I was walking down the hall, and it was a teacher who stopped me. It was the band teacher. And, man, I wasn't in band or anything. But he he stopped me. He was like a a, a real mentor for a lot of the, the the younger black guys at the school. So he was he just pulled me to the side one day, ran him like, "Hey Brown, what you gonna do when you um get out of school?" And I said, "Well, I'm yeah. going to I'm gonna go to college." And he said, "What you gonna major in?" And and I was like, "I'm a major in graphic design." And he was like, "Come talk to me, you know, during your next break, you know, after your next class." I said, "Okay." So he just sat me down and he said, "Look, man, um, you know, as as a black male." Um, there's a need for, for black males to be in these three professions. And I said, what are those? And he said, um, the healthcare field, the teaching field, and agriculture. And I basically said, well, you know, I, I can see myself being a teacher, but, you know, healthcare, no, nah, not so much. And I said, agriculture. I was like, dog, I never thought about, like, going to school for agriculture. I mean, I live around farming and stuff, but, you know, it's not really what what I'm doing or want or really would want to do. So I just went I, right after he told me that I just went to the computer and went on Google and started googling um, schools for agriculture. And I said, you know what? We all got to eat. We got to have food, clothing, and shelter. That's what agriculture is responsible for. So if I was to do that, I would always, you know, kind of have a way, you know, in in the industry. So and that's what I did. I went to school and majored in it and came back home and you know with hopes of rehabilitating and taking on a family farm and trying to create something new out of it. It's pretty dope. Yeah. Nice. I love it's cool that. that you saw that you actually saw the you just made the connection. To yeah. food, everybody yeah. gotta eat. 'Cause like ain't nobody that's ever said, you know what, I don't wanna eat none today. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah. I mean I think we can choose like what kind of clothes we wear, we can choose what what, what kind of car we drive or, or the city that we live in and we can choose what foods that we eat. But we we gotta have we gotta have it regardless of what we choose we gotta have it in some form yep. or fashion. So I think it's very important to to to, to keep agriculture strong for sure. Mm-hmm. Definitely. 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 
why black black teachers and role models matter, especially in the school. They're so influential, and he shows you that, and you're steady passing it on to others. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think uh, one of the greatest things that, that I get out of being in agriculture is, um, you know, it's not all about me going on the land and farming or making money because, it's, it's, it, you know, it's up and down. It's an up and down um, type of industry. But what I get a real thrill out of is, is you know, it, creating opportunities where um, people can become more aware of agriculture and just whether it's teaching them about what we do and how we grow, but just kind of like saying, hey, we all got to eat, you know, like you need a farmer, you know, let me be your farmer. Um, you got a barber, you got a hairstylist, you got a doctor, you know, you got all these things in your life. You got a plumber, but do you have a farmer? So I, I found that really important for people to really connect with. Like, and they're like, oh, the light bulb kind of clicks. Like, okay, hmm, yeah, I do need a farmer. You know, why why not have a farmer? Why not buy my food locally versus going to the uh, conventional chains? You know, and I think that's what we got to change in, in the whole agriculture food system. We got to have a farmer and know our farmer. Yeah, and not only that, like with, with the – with buying it locally, sometimes the pricing is a little higher. So understanding, like, in the long run, it won't, you know. Like, we can't mm-hmm. – uh, most people, we can't afford uh, – like, if you're on a smaller scale, you can't afford these big uh, distribution things and blah, 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 to drive the price down. But, like, well, it, it has to be a little bit more right now, but then eventually it'll go down. So just, just roll with it, you know. Yeah, for sure. That's that's very important. That's, that's super um, – Important, you know, and I, and I feel that people are willing to pay more um, for that connection and for that experience. You know, mm-hmm. our, our philosophy on our farm is know your farm and know your food. So, you know, we try to keep our prices, you know, uh, reasonable, and we may be higher than, than 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 the grocery sometimes. But, you know, people want that experience. You know, people want to come out to the farm and, and kind of see that crop growing or have a conversation with us, and we can tell them, hey, this is one way you can prepare this. You know, that that kind of comes with the the crop that you're buying, you know, you, you kind of get us as a part of that crop as well. And I think people really like that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I like it because it stuck with me, that whole, you got your barber, you know what your barber is, your plumber is. Even as a person who grows food for others, knowing my God, I need to know who my farmer is. I need to put that, I love that. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I got a farmer. I got farmers, you know, like, you know, I'm a farmer, but I got farmers, you know, that that, that I, I purchase from and, and right. support, you know, and I think it's, it's, it's you know, that it's what's up. You know, you got to have that. Um, it's very important. Yeah, definitely. It definitely uh, helps to build the, the economy in the area as well, doing it that way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think, you know, in the, well, you know, thinking agriculture can rebuild a lot of economics, you know, especially in the black community. I feel like, you know, if, if more black people get into it, you know, I definitely think it can repair black economics. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, health. for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, what I'm, is your vision going forward? Uh, going forward, uh, man, I'm I'm a thinker. <laughs> I'm a big dreamer. I'm a thinker. You know, um, it's like I'm a full time thinker and a part time doer because I, I I think so much. I kind of go in so many directions. But ultimately, 
Um, it's, just, it's the bill. It's the bill on what we're doing. Um, it's to develop more markets, um, develop more customer relationships. But also, and, and one of the most important things we want to do is, is partner with other farmers and other people to be able to move more produce to the people who need it. Um, you know, I don't, I don't want to grow everything. You know, I, I kind of realize that now, you know, for years we'll grow 15, 20 crops at a time. And it's like, oh, man, this is, this is a lot. You know, you got to get grass out. You got to weed it. You got to keep everything watered. It, it's really a lot. But sometimes, you know, you come across other farmers who, who need markets. Like, you know, yeah. their number one challenge is, you know, I, I need a way to sell this product. And mm-hmm. lately I've been thinking like, you know, hold on, let me be good at growing my four or five crops. And this other farmer is good at growing what he go, he grows or she grows. Mm-hmm. Hey, let's partner. I can buy some of your stuff from you, distribute it to my customer. If you need what I have, you can distribute my stuff to your customers. We all stay good at what we do. Um, but we ultimately give the customer more selection and turn the customer on to new farmers, you know. Um, I think it's about building a pipeline. So so in the future what I'm what I'm looking to do is create that pipeline. Um, develop relationships with more farmers and and distribute more produce um, and just paint this picture to where people can see it come to life. You know, I want to be able to feed more people um, and get the food to people who need it. Um, Also, one of the most important things that I really want to do as well is uh, get into ag tourism and and give people the experience, you know, give people farm related or farm based experiences because, you know, a lot of times we do farm tours and people will say, hey, you know, it's the first time I've ever been on a farm. You know, this is the first time I've ever been on a black farm. You know, they they, they want to come out. They want to see. They want to learn. They want to know and be connected. So, um, you know, that that's, that's what I want to do. I want to, like, educate people, give them entertainment and recreation on the farm and bring people together. You know, I think it's about bringing people together and building community. And I think once you build community, everything else falls in place. Yeah. Agriculture is major right now. Yeah, I, yeah. Mean, I definitely agree. I agree with everything you just said. Like, you know, man, co-op and, and conglomerations and stuff like that, what we need. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Because yeah. when you look at us. Go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. No, I, I was just going to say, you know, one of the things that I found in, in, in my years of doing this is um, the most valuable tool is each other. You know, mm-hmm. I learn every day. Like, I, I bet I Google, you know, 20 to 50 times a day, you know. Mm-hmm. My favorite tool is Google and my calculator. You know, that's 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 all day, you know. Um, that calculator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, and I think learning from each other, you know, learning from other farmers and learning from other people in the community and sharing information is key. You know, it, you might not learn from a farmer every day, but you can learn from somebody every day, you know? Yeah. You can learn about an yeah. opportunity or what's available or what's going on or what's yet to come. You know, we just got to learn. And also, learning it is cool, but we got to pass that information along. Yes, it yes. that's so important. That, I think that's a big problem in, in, in the melanated community, the withhold of information, because, you know, they're afraid that that person's going to take it and go further. Like, like that's that's a big problem. Yeah, for sure, and, and I agree with that. You know, and, and the way I tell people how to combat combat that is is this: if you if you can be good at your game, 
nobody would take your place or take you out the game. You know, you know what I'm saying? We can all have the same information, and it's all on how we use it. So the key is for us to be good at our game and stay on our game, and we all can come up together. And you know, I don't, I don't hold information. I want everybody to win. I mean, the more people win around me, the better, the more likely I can win too. I love that, man. I love you that. Man, you need you need to take that and put that on the shirt, man. Like, I, love <laughs> I mean, cause if you win, are you winning that everybody around you is struggling? I don't know. I, I just can't relate. So I'm totally with you. Everybody mm-hmm. needs to. Yeah, yeah. You know, like like I said, everybody eats. <laughs> yeah. Everybody eats. So I mean, that's, people, that's that's the goal. Yeah, people don't don't look at like how like like the team like like the Bulls from the nineties, man, like. Like yeah, they had Joy, but Jordan couldn't do everything. And why they went right. and got got Dennis Rodman and drafted yep. Scottie Pippen and all the other the pieces of the puzzle. Yep. They put them together, and made a, a team. Yep, yeah. yep, yep. You got Steve Kerr and Ron Harper. And them boys was putting it in. They was putting that work in. <laughs> yeah, definitely for sure. But you know, I, I think I think collaboration is key. And and when you guys gave me the opportunity to to, to join the podcast. Um, I was excited and, and um, just thrilled to be a part because, you know, people need to hear different perspectives and you guys do a great job of what you do. And I'm just appreciative of y'all, you know, I'm, pre- I'm very appreciative of what you guys do because um, it's important. It's important to, to get yeah. the word out and, and share the message. Definitely. Definitely. So, like, what, you, you say you, you work for the, the USDA, right? Yes. Uh-huh. You uh you uh like how is how is that like you know being a because I know you know black people you don't hold them type of titles you know because you the so you I think you're the second person I met that have a job black person I met that have a job with the USDA. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, and I tell you, uh, uh, my my USDA journey was 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 interesting. Um, early I told you about that 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 teacher who said, "Hey, consider going into." agriculture and, and when I went to Google that day and searched that um you know I Google opportunities scholarships or what it was and one reason that I really wanted to join um agriculture was because when I did my Google search I realized that you can do an internship as a freshman with USDA now mm-hmm. other careers you pretty much could intern as a junior or senior but I said well if I intern you know as a freshman, and if I decide to continue to intern from a senior, I mean, I'm more than likely can slide into a job because I do have a little bit of experience or a little bit of exposure to it. So that's what I did. I mean, it just happened like that. So I, I interned, and I interned every year, every summer that I was in college. And, um, you know, the the life is amazing. You never know where you're going to go. The same office I interned at in college, I now manage that office. Wow. Um and that's my home office, you know, that's my home county, you know, so it, I didn't plan it, you know, that wasn't my plan. My plan was to actually be an entrepreneur before now, um, before the farm and everything. So, you know, I was just kind of going my route and, and planning to, to go elsewhere, but it happened that way. And um, the greatest part about my job is I work with farmers every day and I'm able to give back and, and just help and support um, agriculture, you know, help them participate in programs and, and, and provide assistance. So, um, again, pass along information, you know, so people can benefit from from what's out here. That's that's the key to it all. Mm-hmm. That's nice, man. Good to go. 
of that. So currently in in the USDA, are you not USDA? I'm sorry, but in this current season, are you seeing across the nation more black farmers return to these offices? Is there any like notations about that? Um, about black farmers, I, I'm not sure across the whole United States um, in that dynamic, but here in my county, um, we have a few, you know, I say uh, generational operations where you have a father and son that's on the farm currently. Um, some of the other farmers, uh, they don't necessarily have anyone to take it over. Um, so it may be a possibility that those farms would, would, would not continue. But um, I am seeing um, farmers, younger farmers, becoming interested in agriculture. Um, you know, maybe farmers who are out of the area who, who live away and they find some land in these rural counties and they want to start a farm. So that's been encouraging and a positive thing um, that's been going on recently. So so I'm really looking forward to to seeing all of those new farmers and, and, and seeing them grow. I mean, that's it's a really exciting time. Definitely is, man. It is, you know, it's slowly. It's, it's slow, but it's, 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 I think we're going to get there. I think we're going to get, I think it's going to happen. I, I got faith. That's for sure. For sure. For sure. sure. Yep. So, Mr. Tim, what's the strand of the day? The strand of the day brought to you by Cardinal City Cultivation is gumbo. It's a, an indica-dominant indica strain made by crossing a couple different unknowns and, and con, different concoctions to make some gumbo. Uh, it's, named, it's named for its signature bubblegum flavor. Uh, it produces relaxing and sleepy indica-dominant effects. Uh, the gumbo features a piney aroma with a smooth finish. Medical marijuana patients who suffer from aches and pains tell us they often choose gumbo. Good for the body, good for the soul. Get you some gumbo near you. Mm, Sounds nice. Like the herb of the day brought to you by burning the herb is red raspberry leaf. It improves metabolism, encourages weight loss, and it's antioxidant, which helps prevent oxidative stress on your cells. In the house plant of the day is the money plant. This one is also known as the jade plant and is a flower growing one. But it's been studied in India in three different studies where they've seen in 15 years of these plants being in the building that the air quality is drastically better than other buildings, including 52% less ear eye irritation, 34% fewer respiratory problems, 24% fewer headaches. So it's a great air purifying plant to have and it even reduces your asthma. Wow. Well, uh, Mr. Brown, tell everyone where they can find you. Yeah, um, you can find me on uh, Facebook at Browntown Farms, Instagram at Browntown Farms, uh, TikTok at Browntown Farms, um, website coming soon, browntownfarms.com. Hey. And, um, you know, we're we, we going to try to keep things coming and looking forward to 2022. I, I got a good feeling about this year and looking forward to putting some things in place. I'm looking forward to following you on all those platforms and watching you do it and take notes. Definitely, definitely. If I can ever help, you know, reach out, um, you know, just, just get with me and uh, we definitely can connect and keep passing along the information for sure. Awesome. That's good.
It's been a pleasure speaking to you today on the Mind Your Herbs podcast. We appreciate you coming on, and we look forward to all your future endeavors and wish you the best and biggest harvest of your season so far. Likewise. Thank you all for having me. And again, the the, uh, the lines of communication are always open, so this won't be our last time. It's just the beginning. Definitely. Let's go. All righty. Thank you all. Got my hands in this rich black soil Breaking ground for a kingdom that's royal Be fruitful and multiply, that's word I'm in the garden, just minding my herbs Elder said that we reap what we sow Planting heirloom seeds, rock and grow Love talking, taking action like herbs Be the family, hope you mind your herbs